As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we are live, but we got to let it breathe just for a moment here. Got to bring on Facebook and uh, make sure we're all together here, right? We're all in the same boat. And... We're good. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle and powered by Blue Wire Pods. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me is my fellow football priest and the deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, how was your weekend, bro? It was decent. I'm not going to, I'm not the biggest summer guy, Chad. So the hot temperatures, the humidity getting into the air now, it's not my favorite part, but you know, we're moving closer to OTAs this week. And as always, my mind's always fixated on football. So on the NFL calendar, it's an exciting time right now, but I hope your weekend was good. Better than mine. Oh yeah. A lot of uh, deep cleaning waited till now to get our, our deep cleaning going. Cause we got a brand new infant that's, Yep. It's going to be coming home within the next week. And so we uh mostly been doing that, you know, uh, kicking back, having a good time. It's all good, but also getting some getting some cleaning done. But, Zach, on that front, as far as OTAs, we're going to get to that. We're going to talk about the official kickoff of the Drew Locke versus Teddy Bridgewater quarterback competition. We're going to get to all that Uh-oh. stuff. But first, I went back. You and you and I were talking about this Friday night, but I went back to that article that Mike Silver published at NFL.com on Friday uh, because you know this article actually published shortly after the draft, and it was one of those things where they buried the lead. The piece was supposed to be about how the Broncos kind of decided on Pats or Tan, and then also kind of a feature about how Elway was just so tickled and confident in, in being able to kind of kick back during the draft and watch a guy he hired and believes is the guy, uh, the right guy to kind of just pull the strings and not be the trigger man buried within that great article. And and for those of you who haven't read that piece, the whole thing's worth, worth uh, reading was a little nugget that silver dropped on John Elway relative to the NFL league office. When the, uh, when Roger Goodell and company strong armed the Broncos to play the new Orleans saints in week 12 without a quarterback, when they could have just as easily rescheduled the game to Tuesday, all right, as they had done for other teams in similarly uh, fraught situations earlier in the season, but opted not to. And I just want to read this to you really quick, all right? Quote, this is first uh, Mike Silver writing and then Elway quoting. Uh, Quote from Silver, 
Saints general manager Mickey Loomis had told Elway he didn't mind delaying the game until Monday or Tuesday, which could have allowed some or all of the quarantining trio of quarterbacks to return. Elway believed that the league was applying a different standard to the Broncos than it had to other teams in similarly impacted instances and felt sickened that the product was being cheapened to to the paying customer. But his arguments were rebuffed. Who rebuffed them? All right, it's this woman by the name of Don Aponte, who is the chief administrator of football operations, who no doubt took her marching orders from Roger Goodell. Here's what Elway told Silver, quote, I got a little mad about that. Well, I hung up on the league office. I said, Don, I'm sorry. I've had enough of this, and I'm hanging up. At least I did it respectfully. Close quote. Now, Zach, one of the reasons why this is even newsworthy, why we dredged it up and ran it today, and it's been a viral story going bonkers, is because, of course, the Broncos, being the good soldiers that they were and are, they acted as if it was no big deal when this happened. They were disappointed, but pointed the finger at the at Drew Locke, Brett Rippon, and uh, Blake Bortles for their negligible lapses in mask discipline, whereas we were fit to be tied, right? We were apoplectic that this was happening, that the, that the NFL was humiliating the Broncos in such a fashion. Well, it turns out we were right. Broncos were just as enraged behind closed doors. Elway was pissed off because the NFL applied a different standard to the Broncos than it had, say, the Patriots. Yeah, I mean, this is the problem with the Broncos not being relevant. And we talk about it all the time, Chad. They haven't been in the playoffs for a half decade now. They haven't even sniffed the playoffs since 2016. So they don't get those type of, uh, shall we say, makeup calls from the league. If that was, like you said, an Andy Reid coach team or a Bill Belichick coach team, they wouldn't have had Kendall Hinton at quarterback. That conversation would have gone differently. But we are we are far removed from it now. It's months ago, and fortunately this NFL season is, is going to look – drastically different if way more normal i just had a laugh to myself though he goes i'm hanging up and i hung up it reminds me of that meme where he's like what are you gonna do stab me and it was a guy who was stabbed kind of reminded me of that far be it from us to dwell on the past but it pays to be a team who had a winning record last year when it comes to the nfl meeting out uh any kind of discipline or judgment that really is the takeaway here if this were the 2016 Denver Broncos, as an example, and it was, you know, John Elway, the defending world champion GM, and Trevor Simeon and Paxton Lynch or whatever, whoever the quarterbacks are, there's next to no chance the NFL acts in the same way that they did this past season with Elway, the Broncos, Drew Luck. It really does come down to you're irrelevant, so we can get away with using you as the whipping right. boy. We can get away with using you as the scapegoat because the actual blowback from a PR perspective, from the fans of the NFL at large, and probably from the owners too, would be minimized. If Pat Bowen were still alive, does that happen last year the way it went down? I, I think there's more of a conversation, but, you know, I, I mentioned this on KK today, but it's about balls and strikes in the NFL, chat. If, if the Broncos were giving the league some sort of revenue or some sort of hype stream, it'd be one thing, but they're a bad, boring team. You can be good and you can be bad and boring, or you can be bad and you can be exciting, but the Broncos are neither. So what to the league, what do they care? Who are the Broncos? Why should we placate John Elway? And why should we placate a team that hasn't been relevant or hasn't done anything for us since 2015 when Peyton won his Super Bowl? If Mr. B was still here, 
Maybe it would have gone differently, but I think wins and losses, and it's a production-based business, I think Goodell would take one look at them, bowling or not, and say, listen, why should we care? You, you have Kendall Hinton, good luck to you. What have you done for me lately? And if you're the Denver Broncos in a production-based business and you have to answer that question in the now, not much, you know, not much. Vic Fangio has won 12 games. You know, he's 12 and 20 as a head coach. So yeah. it's time to try and not necessarily wipe the slate clean because you can't, but it's time to move forward and really strive to rebuild the image of this team from the outside. All right, fans are just as dedicated and hardcore about the Denver Broncos as they've ever been. But from the outside, the image of the Broncos, Zach, has been very much diminished and besmirched. And that's why John Elway, you know, we we speculated all through the football season, you know, hey, the things aren't going well. Does that mean Elway's going to, you know, step down? Does that mean Joe Ellis is going to fire him? You know, what's going to happen? And we kept saying, Zach, that it's unlikely because he's got another year left on his deal and people in power, whether it's something like the NFL a, a everyday business that we someone might have a job at or politics, people don't fire themselves. But in Elway's case, I think all those things combined to a point where he was like, look, man, I, I had to be preside over being the team that was strong armed by the NFL to play a game against a playoff destined opponent without a freaking quarterback. Like they made that happen. Time to time to step back and let someone else do this heavy lifting. And you mentioned his record twelve and twenty. If that record was twenty and twelve, it would be a different story. If they were a contending team last year at the time of that game, it was week twelve, I believe. It would have been a different story. But they weren't, and they aren't. And and Vic Fangio's record is not that. And that goes again to you know production-based business, dog eat dog. What have you done for me lately? We can keep spouting off these cliches, but it's the truth. So even if Mr. B was here, if the Broncos record is what it was, it wouldn't have mattered. But if the Broncos were a contending team, an exciting team, a revenue, uh, you know, cash cow, I think the NFL would have, you know, acquiesced to them. But they told them, good luck. We're, you're playing one of our darlings in the Saints with Sean Payton. And I guess, uh, was Drew Brees playing in that game? I can't remember. No, right? No, he was out. It was Taysom Hill, right? Taysom Hill versus Kendall Hinton, the wonderful quarterback matchup. But regardless, though, I mean, they have that cachet. They have that staying power. They are one of the darlings. And the Broncos, it's sad to say, they aren't. And that bias against them, Chad, is not limited just to pro football focus and media. It also stems from the NFL Park Avenue office in New York City. Michael, appreciate you on Facebook. He says, good evening, Chad and Zach. Good to be here with Broncos football priests. You guys are amazing people that make Broncos country the best fans in the league. Hey, appreciate that, Michael. Guys, we got so much more to get to. Uh, OTAs, official OTAs. We're entering phase three. That kicks off tomorrow. And that means seven on sevens. That means 11 on 11. That means Teddy Bridgewater, we know, is going to be there. Drew Locke. The time to cross swords begins. We're going to get to all that analyze what to expect, kind of what to look for. But first, we got to take care of a couple of quick matters of business. Make sure you're following us and connecting with us on social media, starting with the podcast Twitter account, which is at HuddleUpPod, and the main account at MileHighHuddle. Connect with our producer on Twitter also, Buona Beast on Twitter. It's at John K. That's K-A-Y-M-H-H. My partner, Zach Kelberman, at KelbermanNFL. Myself, at Chad and Jensen. And then, guys, speaking of social media, make sure you're following the Huddle Up Podcast 
Facebook page. And thousands of you are. We appreciate you, but we need to keep that going. You know, we have tens of thousands of people that check out this podcast on a daily basis. As many of you as use Facebook, we need you to go follow the Huddle Up Pod page because we have some big plans for that, but a lot of it we can't start rolling out until the audience has kind of funneled over there. So open up your your the app on your phone, search Huddle Up Podcast, or as you can see on screen, just navigate in your browser, facebook.com slash milehighhuddlepod. Give it a like, give it a follow. And that also, for what it's worth, comes with the benefit of you'll be automatically entered into our weekly giveaways for a little piece of MHH swag. Might be a hat, might be a mug, et cetera. We appreciate you guys. Also, check out, while we're talking about Facebook, our a supporter, uh, becoming a supporter, I should say. If you want access to our premium VIP video content like today's Kelberman's Corner or yesterday's The Trickle Zone, you got to be a supporter. We like to call them our super supporters. Five bucks a month gets you access to that content plus more that's coming down the pike. And, um, you know, it's just another way to support what we're doing here. Click the big blue button on Mile High Huddle's Facebook page and you'll be in like Flynn. Check out the merch store, huddleuppod.com. Get your swag on, get a hat, get a T-shirt, all sorts of stuff there. Another way to support the brand. If you're not in a position, though, gang, to do those things, it's all good. We're seriously tickled to have you with us. We do ask that you do these three things, all right? Subscribe, especially if you're on YouTube or, you know, Spotify, Apple Pods. Make sure you're subscribed. Like this video, guys, on YouTube and Facebook. You guys have no idea how crucial that is. How many tens of thousands and millions of Broncos fans might be wandering the desert right now, completely ignorant of the fact that this community of fans is waiting to embrace them? You liking the video if you're watching on YouTube. You liking the video if you're watching on Facebook heavily increases the odds of it getting out to those very people. So check that out. And then share it out there, guys. That's the litmus test for Zach and I and and John. Are we doing a good job? Share this video out there and help us continue to to grow and reach those new like-minded Broncos fans just like you. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC, we are professional grade. All right, Zach, so getting back to Locke versus Teddy. Actually, John, let's grab a couple uh, supers real quick. Starting with George Newton. Appreciate that super sticker, my friend. Bones right back to you. Bam, bam, bam. Really appreciate that, George. If you're on Twitter, make sure to connect with us, my friend. Um, 
John, while you get Muhammad as well, I'm just going to scroll down here really quick. Eddie on uh, on Facebook, what's up, bro? He says, I believe Locke will beat Teddy. I am so ready for football. Thanks, Chad and Zach. Yeah, so as John's getting a few things queued up, Zach, today on Kelberman's Corner, I'm not going to spoil the whole show. Go subscribe. You can watch those episodes on demand. You went through some kind of previewing some studs and duds, right? People, guys, players who you um, project to either break out or maybe disappoint in 2021. Drew Locke ended up on both lists. There's a clip of that explanation somewhat on uh, YouTube, part of it anyway. But for posterity, articulate that. Why do you believe Drew Locke could both be a pop type guy and also a categorical disappointment? Well, I mean, I think even to his haters, if you want to use that word, his critics, you can recognize he has a level of arm talent. And depending on how you view him, that level of arm talent is pretty significant. So you have this young, still developing quarterback that you can mold into anything. And I've mentioned this comparison on KK before. The Broncos didn't do a good job last year molding that into anything worthwhile, but they have the opportunity this year in a normal year no injuries, no pandemic, and just a clean slate. But it comes down to two things, and that's why I believe he could be a breakout player if he takes that next step on his own, and that's you know encompassing cutting out the turnovers, fixing his footwork, fixing his technique, all the mental issues he struggled with the first couple seasons, and also the coaching. If the coaching's in line with him, and I'm not going to mention any names, Pat Shermer, if that's more in tune to his type of play style, he can be a top 15 quarterback in the NFL. I got a question today, top 20, but definitely top 15, top 16, the upper half in the NFL. So that's where the breakout comes in. We've talked about last year, it being the year of Drew Locke. And we were, we fell a little short from that prediction, but why can't he? I mean, he has the arm talent. He has the weapons. I think he has the confidence now, and he has the second ear in Pat Shermer's system. So for once he has continuity, if everyone stays healthy and the coaching staff grows a brain and, Drew Locke also grows a brain. That's where he could be the breakout player. But conversely, Chad, it could also go the other way. And I I said this on KK, I'm a realist. You guys can label me a Locke apologist, a truther, a druther, whatever you want to call me, but there's a 50-50 chance. It's either he succeeds this year or he fails this year. And I'm looking at it realistically. If he fails, that's why he'd be a disappointment. And he can fail from many different reasons. It can be his own miscues his own regression or once again the Broncos not being in tune with his type of play style calling Alex Smith plays from 2005 for a gunslinger that's a backyard quarterback in 2021 so that's where the disappointment factor comes in it's one or the other I don't think we're going to have a middling year of Drew Locke in 2021 I think it's either going to be really good or really bad and I'm confident and you're confident and John's confident and some of the people in our podcast are confident that it's going to be the former. Um, real quick here, I just got to check. All right, we're good. I was I wasn't sure if if the stream was showing up on Facebook, but we're good. Um, yeah, I mean, guys, it's kind of a no brainer in that. You know, Drew Locke could he's got the potential to either to really break out and be that stud, and maybe just as easily. I'm not sure if it's just as easily uh, bust out. I happen to believe that he's more likely to really kind of silence some doubters, but there's no doubt he's a boomer bust. He's in a boomer bust situation and boom, all is right with the world. All things are possible, both for him and the team bust. 
And that's probably the end for Drew as a starting, as a guy that's even viewed as a starting caliber threat in the league, let alone with the Broncos. So very interesting content. Go check out that conversation that Zach and Kim had on today's Kelberman's Corner. A real quick shout out to Muhammad. What's up, buddy? Hope the baby Malik is doing well. Bones right back at you, my friend. And Muhammad was there for Kelberman's Corner. He's there for every single stream, every single pod. Love you, buddy. Appreciate everything you bring to our community. Yeah, Muhammad's the man. We know uh, you know that we appreciate you so much, Mo. Thank you for your KK support and thank you for your support in the podcast. Also, Michaela, the Duchess of MHH. Wow. Dropping up from the top rope. Bam. Here she is. Thank Michaela, you. that's just so generous. Thank you so much. Yeah. Helps us start off our, our week in a really positive, really exciting way. Gets us juiced up and ready to just crush what is going to be another week of some really some stuff's happening. I mean, hey. It might only be phase three of OTAs, not quite what you would see in training camp, but Broncos are in the building. Things are happening. Storylines are swirling, and that just helps get us all the more excited and geared up to tackle all that for you guys. So thank you, Michaela. She says, how can you run a fair and clean league if there are different standards, even when calling penalties? Sounds rigged to me. I don't blame you for, for that feeling. You know, I really don't. Last year, you know, it's it's like in the Peace Act that I, I wrote on this today. On one hand, it's like John Elway tried to be the good soldier when the NFL enrolled with the punches when the NFL was asking the Broncos to basically relinquish their, their bye week, right? Oh, by the way, uh, you, you actually have to plan on playing a game this week. Uh, so no bye week. Oh, wait, no, we're going to reschedule. Oh, guess what? You don't get a bye week, and you're going to play in week six, and then we're going to reshuffle of two other games on your schedule later in the season. Elway dutifully accepted that. Not that he probably didn't have some objections in the moment to the league office, but he accepted them. There was no you know, buzz or anything coming out of him, John Elway being dissatisfied with that. And then when the shoe was on the other foot, the NFL gave him zero credit for being malleable, being willing to, you know, roll with those punches. And I think the reason he was willing to do that early in the season for another team that was in a crisis was because the NFL, you know, the owners, the execs, the players, Zach, they were just happy to have a season when for so much of last year, the doom and gloomers were predicting there wouldn't be one. And yet again, when the shoe was on the other foot, they dropped the hammer. You know, it's funny you mentioned rigged Michaela and this type of different standards or, you know, uh, just hypocrisy. It can be felt in many avenues of life. And I'm fully on board with trashing the NFL over its treatment of the Broncos in recent years or this anti-Denver bias that's obviously being aimed toward the Mile High City. But here's my other counter thought to that. I'm not big on excuses, Chad. Again, it's all about balls and strikes. If you don't want to be treated unfairly, start winning more games. It's really as simple as that. Put yourself back on the map, be a successful franchise, and you won't have these problems. That's how I feel about that. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. 
The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Love you, Michaela. Uh, yes. Shout out to, to Claude, giving us uh, some super supporter stars today. Appreciate you, buddy. He says, regardless of who has taken the snaps this season, this is an exciting roster. Time to get this ship turned around. Go Broncos. Well said, Claude. And I really do think that's one of the reasons, Zach, why I maintain a optimistic view on Drew having, a, having himself a, a year. Because, look, George Payton could have gone back to the well and drafted Justin Fields. He didn't. He opted to build the nest around Drew still, all right, albeit first round with the defensive person, you know, player that's going to help the defense, which indirectly helps Drew. And then throughout the rest of the draft, you know, multiple offensive players that could help Drew Locke. And now, I mean, I wouldn't say that every hole has been filled per se because we still need to see some of this potential that's been added to the rosters realized somewhat, but – there's nothing that you, excuse me, really look at on this roster, Zach, and go glaring weakness. Someone points a quarterback being that glaring weakness. I could easily point to coaching being that glaring weakness. But on paper, it's a playoff-ready roster. And if you take the Broncos out of the West and out of the Chiefs' realm, I think more people would be on board with uh, hyping up Denver. But to my last point, get get the ship turned around it's kind of like on defense. If you if you want to stop the other team from scoring, stop them. Don't rely on any other factor. So that goes back to my previous comment. If the Broncos want to be seen differently, if they want to be treated fairly or not with a double standard, start winning. Write that ship, get back on track, and make the NFL respect and acknowledge you. We got a uh, comment here from... Now, this was... Uh, I'm, this is... Forgive me, because when I'm trying to keep straight... YouTube handles versus Twitter handles. This is uh, Tyler. Tyler, right? Yes. Okay. Tyler, what up, dude? We don't have to. And by the way, congrats to you on vanquishing that yep. bug we all know and hate. Good job. Glad to have you back in the saddle. He says, we don't have to worry about James or Wilkinson. Bobby Massey and Cam Fleming are better than those two. So the running game and passing game should be more improved. There is no reason we should be 32nd. I definitely think Massey and mm, 
I, I say Massey for sure is an upgrade over yeah. Wilkinson at right tackle. Yeah, exactly. All right. Fleming, I'm not positive. I, you know, I think it's probably 50-50. James, I mean, I don't know, dude. you got to go all the way back to Miami to kind of figure out quality player that he is or isn't. He gave the Broncos nothing, 63 snaps, 17 million bucks. So, yes, it's it's a relief in, on one hand. We don't have to worry about James, right? So now it's about Massey and Fleming and may the best man win at right tackle. It's going to be Massey. It's his job to lose, but at least you got a little bit of depth. You can kind of cleanse the palate of the James situation. Move on. Yeah, James gave the Broncos up. <laughs> That's a whoopee cushion, Chad. That's all yeah. he was. And let me tell you something. After I was privy to watching Cam Fleming in Dallas, and then I watched him some sort of last year with the Giants, he really is barely a step above Wilkinson. So if the Broncos are relying on Fleming holding down that right side, uh, they have to hope that he suddenly magically grew some abilities that weren't there last couple seasons. I'm praying Massey wins that job, Chad. He is the right tackle the Broncos could survive with. But in terms of passing offense, it goes deeper than just the offensive line. That's the play calling. It's the quarterbacking. It's the entire operation. Because like we've been saying, it was never one thing or the other. It was a catastrophe and a collective effort last year. That's why it was futile. Brandon, dude, props. I'm seriously, I'm tipping my cap to you. Spelling error corrected. boy, dude. Appreciate the support. He says, Bama Broncos, I am so ready for the summer camp uh, to kick off. Bring on the fresh blood. Yeah, so one of the things that makes Phase 3 more exciting OTA-wise than Phase 2, even though, you know, it's hard to get – you're not going to see, like, video clips as much in the same way you would as training camp. They're much more the, – the PR and the team uh, departments are much more still tamped down on videotaping any of that stuff during OTAs. But still, Zach, you get seven on a se- on seven drills. No contact, you know uh, – Players are still going to run into each other and stuff like that's going to happen, but no planned contact like you get in training camp with hitting and popping and tackling and stuff like that. Although tackling has mostly gone the way of the Dota relative to training camp. You'll still get like when they're running 11 on 11 in training camp and, you know, Drew Locke completes one over the middle to Noah Fant, the safety will come up and kind of give them a little pop, but they're not taking them to the ground and they're not giving them their full, you know, hit. So you don't get that in OTAs, but Zach, Seven on seven and 11 on 11. What that's going to allow to happen is for the players and the coaches to quickly kind of get a bead on where Drew stands, where Teddy stands relative to this competition. And it, I think it'll be kind of a foreshadowing of how it will shape up come July. I'm the first one to kind of caution OTAs as they're OTAs. I'm not reading anything into anything more than what they are. That being said, though, it is tangible football. It's a tangible practice. We've talked this hypothetical Bridgewater-Lock battle for weeks now. Now, tomorrow or this week, we get to see it starting to play out in actuality, in real life. So I'm all about it. I'm all for it. I want to see the offense set up. I want to see how the new uh, the defensive players set up. This is a huge year for the entire team. We're talking about the quarterbacks. That's the biggest battle. But there is roster competition throughout the entire team. And I, for one, am here to see how that plays out. It's going to be really, really fun. Um, let's grab Vincent. What's up, dude? Thank you for the super chat. It's good to see you in the, in the uh, community tonight, buddy. He says, what did Pat Shermer do of merit that caused Elway to hire him? He has accomplished nothing extraordinary in his NFL tenure, right? Well, I'll, I'll pick a nit on that Vincent wrong. All right. No, he's, he's a two time failed 
NFL head coach. That's a smudge on his resume. But he's also a former NFL head coach. Those jobs are are coveted. There's not too many of them that get handed out each year. But really, his shining success as a guy was winning the AP Assistant Coach of the Year for his impact on the 2017 Minnesota Vikings, that team quarterback by Case Keenum that went all the way to the NFC title game. That's what got him his second head coaching gig with the Giants and the rest is history. The other nit I'll pick, Zach, before I serve this back over to you is I'm not sure it was Elway's decision to hire Pat Shermer. This was sold to us as a Vic Fangio decision to part with Rich Scangarello after he took two weeks off, ends the season in 2019. You're in January, take two weeks off. When they did end the season, Fangio stood up there with Elway. Hey, you planned on firing any of your coaches? No, no, we're going to stick with everybody. And then I'm going on a two-week kind of away from football thing to kind of reset and get some perspective, come back, look at the film, look at the coaches. When he came back, Pat Shermer had been fired by the by the New York football Giants, Zach. And suddenly he had an opportunity to, in Fangio's opinion, because he's a defensive guy, he doesn't want to have to really worry about the offense. And I think part of the allure of Shermer is, hey, he's a former head. It's like having a head coach of the offense, basically, someone that I can set and forget you know, not to say I won't have some say and impact and involvement over there, but like I can focus on managing the team at large and the defense and all the political stuff that goes into the team, you know, being a head coach and let him, a guy who's experienced, he's held down multiple OC jobs, he's been a head coach and all that, take care of the offense. And it just hasn't played played well so far. He was a two-time head coach, but he was with the Giants and the Browns, not exactly storied franchises as of late. And I, I wonder if that miracle Case Keenum throw was never completed, does he still win assistant coach of the year? Was he riding the coattails from just a magical year overall that didn't even end in a championship, mind you? I don't know what the Broncos were thinking. They they went, they had the right idea. They they found Scangarello, a Shanahan disciple, a young guy who's cut for the current NFL. And they gave him one year with three different quarterbacks. Then he went one of his quarterbacks who was a rookie went four and one. And you decide to get rid of him after that. It will never make sense to me. I don't know, like you mentioned, the allure of having a more experienced coach on the sidelines. But let me tell you something. If Fangio is that hands-off, that's a problem for me. I understand being a defensive-minded coach and uh, minding your side of the ball, but if you don't even analyze the potential scenarios you have, you have a young coach who just went 4-1 versus a guy who, yeah, he became available because he was fired. You weren't promoting him. You weren't uh, sniping him. He was fired for a reason. So the allure of Pat Shermer uh, drew Fangio in. And I'm I'm in agreement with you. That wasn't an Elway call. That wasn't an Ellis call. That was a Vic Fangio call. And Vic Fangio, through now going on three years, has demonstrated to me he doesn't. he's not that great with offense. And it's so shocking because you think he would be by coaching against offenses for 40 years now. So that will always go down unless Pat Shermer magically turns it around. That could be the nail in Fangio's coffin in Denver, moving on from Scangarello and prematurely and wrongly hiring Shermer. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. 
Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Well said. Dale, what's up, buddy? Talk about a bona fide Mount Rushmore superstar. I think Dale has worked his way up to Mount Rushmore. We're excited to have you on the show in June. It's going to be a gas. Appreciate you, bro. He says, hey, guys. Also, Dale reached out to us, goes, hey, I pulled the trigger. I'm also supporting on Facebook. So he's got access to Kelberman's Corner, the Trickle Zone, everything else that we're doing over there. So, Thank you, Dale. Appreciate you, bro. He says, hey, guys, hope things are well. Was wondering if you guys are concerned at all with the medical regarding Chubbs mm. and Miller, uh, Bradley Chubb and Miller for the season. Key parts of the D. Thanks, Chad, Zach, and John. Let them hate. So, Zach, we have yet to tackle this subject because the news broke on Saturday, and here we are addressing our great community for the first time since then. Bradley Chubb underwent, quote, unquote, a minor procedure on his ankle out for OTAs, hoping he'll be ready for camp, expecting him to be ready for camp. Now, fans are going, wait a minute. I thought Chubb was healthy. Now, this isn't his ankle. This isn't his knee, right, that he came back from last year. This is his ankle. But let me remind everybody. So Bradley Chubb, remember the big emotional um, response to being named to the Pro Bowl, right? He was all, you know, uh, verklempt and choked up, elated, I think surprised a little that he got the Pro Bowl, seven and a half sacks. We were all stoked for him. We were all stoked for the Broncos. And then he promptly disappears. He didn't play again the whole the rest of the year. Now, that was two games that he ended up missing on the tail end because of this ankle. The Broncos, Zach, hoped that a little rest and recovery would be all this ankle needed to get back to 100%. Turns out, no, we should have pulled the trigger earlier. That's my question here. Why did you wait until freaking May? Thank you. Why? Thank you. 
That was my question, too. I understand letting it play out and hoping that uh, rest and rehab can overtake a surgical uh, avenue, but you've had the season ended, let's say, early January. It's now late May. So it wasn't responding, obviously, in February and March and in April. Why would you wait until days before OTA start to put him under the knife now? That is my only thing about it. I don't understand the timing, Chad, but lower body injury goes back to the problems we've had on the Broncos training staff. I still don't think it's in the best hands. That's just me. I mean, let's read this real quick. This was from Mike Kliss, who broke the news. Uh, quote, as recently as last month, a social, vi- uh, media, bleh, a social media video showed Chubb working on his pass rush techniques with former Broncos star edge rusher DeMarcus Ware. Shortly after the Chubb Ware workout, the Broncos exercised Chubb's fifth-year option, which guarantees him $12.7 million for 2022. Ankles don't always heal according to plan. And it was decided Chubb should get the ankle repaired this week, although he will not participate in the four-week OTA and minicamp off-season phase that begins on Monday. He should be ready for the start of training camp and full go by the Broncos' regular season opener September 12th at the New York Giants, close quote. So, Zach, again, if they would have just tackled this, bit the bullet early, I understand you don't want to go in and just, you know, slice dudes open nilly-willy, right? You want to make sure you have a damn good reason to do that, but it cost your Pro Bowl edge rusher the final two games of the season. If it wasn't feeling better by February, exactly, he should have been dealt with. Because why does it matter when it happens? Well, now you have to question, is he going to be good to go by camp? And so we're now reverting back, Zach, to the same mode we were in last year relative to Chubb. Yeah, let's try and project, and yeah, you can have if he stays healthy. I mean, you can say that about any player if they stay, but still, now you're you're worrying about his recovery. Are there going to be any setbacks? That whole ball of wax. That frankly, if it would have been done in February, I mean, the the coming back in time for camp thing, that's that puts him coming back in time for OTAs, and so you have much more room to breathe, easing him back into instead of by the time you get to camp. You're in a panic of giving him the rep count, giving him the pitch count, while also really kind of being anxious about, is he going to be in football shape come September 12th? I just want to see a full season of Vaughn and Chubb together. Is that so much to ask? I mean, we just are not destined to have that. And as long as Chubb's okay for the regular season and, I guess, preseason and training camp, I'm okay with this. But I'm still questioning why they waited too long. And that's what—that's my exact same point. If you knew in February or even March, let's say, that rest and rehab wasn't working, get it done, get it taken care of. There wasn't any practices, and he would have been well recovered in time for OTAs this week. But I don't think the Broncos have too much concern, Chad. They didn't invest too much at outside linebacker. They brought back Vaughn. They brought in Jonathan Cooper, but they obviously feel like Chubb's going to be around this season. Now you have to call into question his injury history. Does he get a second contract? He's on a fifth-year option. It's funny. A lot of Broncos fans talk about uh, Drew Locke being injury-prone, and I'm a big Bradley Chubb guy, but this is another year where he's taking an injury into his season. It's becoming a problem. Most definitely. Most definitely. So for now, back to the original question from Dale, the issue of Miller and Chubb being healthy. Now you're looking at two edge rushers, both of whom you're just hoping and praying are going to bounce back from their injuries that prematurely ended both season. Like Chubb, yeah, you didn't have anything to play for in January, but 
you, you get a Pro Bowl nod and then promptly fade into the into the background because of that ankle. So, uh, Josh, what's up, dude? Rogue Theory in the house with a very generous super chat. Rocking the Darth Maul uh, profile pic on YouTube. It's good to see you, brother. He says, what's up, gents? Finally caught the pod today. A recent promotion has me busy as ever, along nice. with finding out me and the fiance are expecting. Wow. Hey, congrats. dude. Hats off. Congrats. That's really cool, man. Really cool. Uh, cold beer and my favorite priest of the orange and blue to celebrate. Hashtag huddle up pod. Yeah, dude. That's really cool to hear. Congrats. So what are we thinking? Like early, um, let's see, where are we? Yeah, early 2022. Maybe then, probably, right? But, yeah, congrats, brother. It's good to have you back and also on your promotion. That's great, dude. Good news. Yeah, what a week you're having, Josh, and all the best. God bless. You deserve it. We appreciate you, and uh, I hope you're enjoying the pod tonight. Did you check out the crew? That's my question for you, Josh. You should know what that is. Did you check out that single that dropped on Epitaph? Let me know on Twitter. DM me. Tom, what's up, dude? North of the 49th parallel in Canada, Tom checks in because Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Tom, you exemplify that day in, day out. We appreciate you, bro. He says, I'd like to believe Locke starts, but Teddy will, and eventually in a few games, Locke takes over and never looks back. Guys, uh, I don't think so. I mean, that could happen. I mean, I don't have a crystal ball, but Zach, I don't think Teddy's going to unseat Drew. Uh, Drew starts from the position of being the incumbent. So unless Drew really fades during OTAs, during camp and all that stuff, like he would have to really, I think the biggest thing, Zach, turning the ball over at a pretty steady clip in order for Teddy to truly eclipse him. Can you rule it out? No, but I personally don't expect it to happen. Now, Zach, a lot of our colleagues, both at MHH and at other outlets in, in Denver media, they do expect it to happen, so maybe we're the ones, you know, um, drinking our own Kool-Aid on this, but I really don't think Teddy's going to beat Drew. That's fine, Chad. I like Kool-Aid a lot. It tastes really good. It goes down easy. And there's two ways of if Locke starts the season at, you know, the week one start, there's two ways he's going to get removed, and that's either poor play or an injury. So I don't think they're going to rotate quarterbacks if Locke plays decently He'll hold on to that job. And I say this again, and I say this non-rhetorically. If the Broncos weren't at least tentatively planning on starting Locke for another year, why bring back Pat Shermer? Why retain Mike Shula? Why bring back Vic Fangio? I think that was the initial goal the entire time. And Teddy Bridgewater, like you mentioned, he even admitted this. He said, I'm coming in here with uh, with the idea of helping Drew and becoming a better player and helping the team win. So I think... The expectation from everyone is that Locke's going to start. And as long as he plays up to his potential, which is a coin flip, I think he'll hang on to that job. Clifton jumping in on YouTube to say the NFL has hate towards Denver. Spencer Rattler, he of the Oklahoma Sooners, is hated by many. Dude seems all right to me. Sounds like a match made in heaven. Rattler should be the first round pick in 2022. Locke will flop, LOL. Maybe uh, as far as lock flopping, I don't think so. But this, the reason I wanted to feature this comment, and Clifton, thanks for being with us. Make sure you like the video, buddy. Um, the reason I wanted to feature this comment is nearing the draft just three weeks ago, everyone was, you know, biting their fingernails and hand wringing over, what are we going to do? If we don't take one now, all we're hearing from the draft Knicks is the 2022 QB class is just not looking good. Well, Rattler's another one of those guys that if he really pops this year, not even pops, like if he plays 
if he just meets expectations exactly. at Oklahoma, first round uh, quarterback, he's going to go round one. Is he going to go one overall? Probably not, unless he just balls out and has like a Heisman caliber year. But this is a kid that was featured on the Netflix show. Was it QB1? I think it was called that he was on. Very interesting, guys. Go check it out. It's worth a watch uh, while we're sitting here in the offseason. But Spencer Rattler's not going to be the only guy who has a real possibility that not a lot of people were talking about as a bona fide first-round candidate, but there's some other guys out there no one was talking about. I promise you right now there will be at least one or two Zach Wilson's, Mac Jones's types, Zach, that suddenly come December are being talked about as first-round caliber guys. Clifton, you had me. I was nodding my head at every point you made, then you lost me on the Lockwell flop at the end. Uh, Spencer Rattler, I think he could be the number one overall pick, and he is far and away, at least in my mind, the most talented quarterback in the 2022 class. He is kind of a head case. He has some attitude concerns. He's not the easiest to get along with. If If he can clean up those, at least just fake it until he makes it, he will be a top five pick easy, and he could if the Broncos don't do well this year. They want to move up next year. I think he could be a name to watch. So absolutely keep him in mind. File him away. For me, it's too early. I mean, we just got done with one draft. Um, I can't really put my mind on the 2022 class yet, but I think Rattler is a potential QB1 option, maybe for Denver. Yeah, he's – last I checked on his measurables, he's grown a little since last I looked into him. So – you don't know how much you can trust this because schools inflate the measurables for their players, especially the measurables that matter relative to their position. So he's six foot one. I'd like to see him grow one or two more inches just in case because he's a little bit slight at 205. But hey, Baker Mayfield made it in the league as the number one overall pick at six one. But Baker had some, he was thick, right? Baker was like 220 ish, if I'm not mistaken. Either way. Um, Dale, what's up, dude? Thank you for that $3 super chat, buddy. He says, on any given Sunday, even the worst team can win if a few things fall their way. There was zero chance with no QB of beating the Saints, and we should have told the NFL we'd forfeit. Why risk the injury? I think the reason why is just simply pride. And in the best sense, John always like, oh, you're going to make us either play without a Q or forfeit? I'm John Elway. We're going to play this game up yours. And in his own way, by playing the game, try to humiliate the NFL because it was a cheapened product. Even the Saints on the field to the Broncos, while it was happening, were like, dude, this is a joke. We shouldn't be playing you guys without a cue. And they're like, yeah, tell us about it, right? After the game, comments in the press from Saints players going, that was a travesty. So – I don't know. If Elway could do it again, maybe he would have just forfeited. I doubt it. That's just not how the the Duke uh, rolls. I don't think any GM or any NFL exec would forfeit. This isn't peewee. You go out there and you play regardless of the circumstance. Yeah, you have a practice squad wide receiver playing quarterback, but that's a situation uh, the, the NFL put the Broncos in. And by forfeiting, they would have been covering up for the NFL. No one would have seen the travesty that the game was. By playing that game, it showed the entire country. Look what the NFL did to Denver. They made them play without any other four quarterbacks. And Kendall Hinton, who literally no one ever heard of, it was their quarterback. And he completed, what, one pass for 12 or 13 yards. So he was absolutely right not to forfeit. And I hope in the future, if it ever happens again, no GM would forfeit that scenario because the NFL has to be, um, it has to be made aware what the NFL is doing when there's that type of implicit bias and double standards against one team. For posterity's sake, 
Kendall Hinton went one for nine, 13 yards passing, uh, two picks. MVP. So, you know, and the NFL goes, oh, we're going to try and mitigate the blowback here by saying, oh, we're going to kind of carve out a little place for Kendall Hinton in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Don't make us laugh. Don't make us laugh. Robert, what's up, dude? Good to have you. Appreciate you. Be sure to give this video a like. Guys, smash the like video. If you're watching on YouTube, you hurt our hearts. If you're watching this content, you're not giving it a like. All right, same on Facebook. Let's go. Bump the numbers. Robert says, who will ball out at the wide receiver besides Cortland Sutton? Um, well, if I, I think Jerry Judy, obviously, is the, the guy that is probably most likely to pop uh, opposite of Cortland Sutton at wide receiver. But I also – now he's not a wide receiver, but I'm really high on Noah Fant having himself a year too. Coming off a very unfortunate offseason where he lost his mother, you know, he's probably going to be pretty fired up and motivated. Noah Fant is my number one breakout candidate for the Denver Broncos in 2021, but don't sleep on Judy either. Uh, I actually broached this topic on KK today, so spoiler alert, go out and sign up for KK. It's a great episode. I think that I went over the breakout candidate on offense, and that was, like Chad just said, Noah Fant. This is a top 10 tight end in the NFL. This is a budding star that just needs to be you know, maximized to his best abilities. And last year, Pat Shermer didn't do any of that with Noah Fant. He literally went away and ignored him throughout stretches of multiple games. So that's my uh, my option right there. But I also have kind of a a, uh, a caveat to that. If Pat Shermer is Pat Shermer, it won't matter what who does what because they're not going to be utilized correctly. K.J. Hamler not getting any screens, not getting any jet sweeps. That epitomized that last year. One more point, though. Don't be surprised, at least early on, if Tim Patrick kind of sets things going. Him and uh, Drew Locke have an unbelievable chemistry, and he's shown he can ball out in any circumstance. Big TP fan. Kiaka, what's up, buddy? Thank you for that very generous super chat out there in Hawaii. Good to see you, bro. He says, aloha, my boys. Is it even plausible that Vaughn can have a bounce back season? For a superstar player like Vaughn coming off a season-ending freak injury, I say yes. I'm fired up. Yeah, absolutely. Vaughn, it's again, you know, you hate to throw caveats out there if he stays healthy. If Vaughn's on the field in Vic's system, he's going to get – 10 to 14 sacks. So that's going to be good enough because your name is Von Miller to make another Pro Bowl, which I think it would be his ninth. I think he's an eight-time Pro Bowl. Uh, so, yeah, I'm I'm really stoked and high on Vaughn. I think that's money that's going to be well spent. You know, there's 17-plus million that he's getting this year. It's going to come out in the wash so long as he can keep that injury bug at bay. Yeah, exactly. He's still relatively young, too. He's not in his 40s. He's in his young, you know, his early 30s. And the thing about Vaughn this year, he's had a year off. He's, his body should be fully healed away from the NFL and the rigors of that. And look at the talent around him. This You can argue this is the most talented squad he's played with since SB50. The defensive line should take the bodies off him. He has better linebackers next to him, including Baron Browning, Bradley Chubb, and the secondary. If they're going to hold down uh, receivers and coverage, it's going to allow Vaughn to have more time to get to quarterbacks. So I'm right there with you, Chad. I think a healthy Vaughn Miller is an easy 12 sacks this coming season. Corey H., what's up, buddy? Thanks for being with us. Be sure to smash the old like button for us. He says, I don't see how Vic is tied to Drew, not his pick, clearly. His defense has played well despite tons of injuries. The second thing you said there, your second point is absolutely true. Vic Fangio's defense, last year anyway, exceeded expectations. Even though they didn't rank very high, 
I mean, the absolute epidemic of injuries that that unit suffered was I've never seen anything like it covering the Broncos and following the Broncos since I was a kid in the 80s. But Vic being tied to Drew, you don't see how that is a thing. Dude, that was the quarterback. You got a brand-new head coach. Head coach comes in, gets his brand-new quarterback that he helps select. Now, how pivotal was was Vic on the Drew Locke selection? It might have been negligible. We don't know. But it's his cue. That's his cue he's presided over for better or for worse. That's the cue that's going to either make or break his tenure as the head coach of the Denver Broncos. It is his quarterback, absolutely, because we already talked about it. He fired Scangarello and hired Pat Shermer to develop Lock and make him better. So it was always his pick, and he was always tied to the hip. And that's why it's so perplexing to me that you're going to leave the offense and you're going to really leave your job security in the hands of Pat Shermer. You're not going to step foot in there and make things right, even though you're a defensive mind. To the second point, the defense... Absolutely. They played well despite the circumstances, the injuries, the offense's poor play. But there were a lot of times last year, shoot, too, Chad, look at the finale where the defense or his coaching just blew the game. So great defensive mind. I wouldn't say a perfect defensive mind. Guys, smash the like button. Randy Jones, what's up? Thank you for the stars, brother. One of our great super supporting superstars. Love you, Randy. Really appreciate you, bro. Um, All right, let me see here. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. 
Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. John, the stream just did a jump, and I'm going to grab Steve, and then we're going to grab Dennis. Steve, what's up, buddy? Hope you're doing well. Hope things are going A-OK in your neck of the woods. Appreciate you, bro. He says, hey, guys, been busy lately. Hopefully it's good busy. Go Broncos. Drew Locke is my cue. I am getting a promotion soon, too. Nice. Hashtag Congrats. state of being. Right on, dude. Right on. What do you do? I, I'm trying to remember. We, we asked him when he was on. I'm trying to remember what he does. Uh, it'll come to me. But either way, good news, good things. Thank you, Steve. Congrats. Good to see you, Steve. Thank you. Um, all right. Let's grab here Dennis, who's been waiting patiently. Appreciate you, Dennis. One of our longtime superstars. and I mean, a couple of years this dude's been riding with us. Every single stream, for the most part, Dennis is with us, supporting the cause, keeping the lights on. Love you, Dennis. We'll keep an eye out if you have any specific questions or comments, topics you want us to get to, but appreciate you, buddy. Thank you, sir. Um, All right, real quick here. Uh, Gary Leeds Palmer. That's right. Yeah. This is the producer in his full glory. We missed a question today during Kellerman's Corner from Gary. Said we'd get it on the show. We're going to do that now. Gary says, do you think the elite secondary could raise new players like Darby's their game? So, you know, the sum of its parts, in other words, elevating or, you know, raising individual ships, Zach. Well, let's give the the viewers some context here. I had Ronald Darby on my list of three potential disappointments for 2021. And why I said that was the Broncos really didn't pay for what he could do. They paid for what he did last year. And that was one of his best seasons of his career where he stayed healthy. He's not a big producer, though. He doesn't really get a lot of interceptions, forced turnovers. He's a good guy in coverage, a good tackler. Uh, and if, we can, if, it, if he can stay healthy, he could be a could be a cornerback one. But in terms of the question, do you think the elite secondary could raise his game? Isn't the secondary elite because they added him, though? I mean, that's the whole reason why he's making $10 bucks a year. They, they're obviously paying him uh, to be the new A.J. Boye, which is the big fish in the increasingly big pond here. So they're hoping they're getting the Ronald Darby from 2020, where he played all 16 games and he was very effective. But if they get the Ronald Darby from years past, it's going to be money wasted, and you're going to actually have other players like Pat Sertan, Kyle Fuller, Bryce Callahan, even Asang Bassey make up for that deficit because he's not the player the Broncos thought they were getting. But regardless, they have enough bodies in the secondary now where if Darby slips or gets injured, the others can make up for that. But, yeah, there's definitely something to that. I mean, if you think back to even the 2014 and 15 Broncos, let's focus on the 15 Broncos history has proven that Bradley Roby wasn't as good of a corner as he looked and played like surrounded by Chris Harris, Akeep Tlaib, TJ Ward, Darian Stewart, and then with rushers and a front seven like the Broncos had that year. So they elevated him as an individual ship. They were the tide that raised that ship. So could that happen for a guy like Darby who, you know, was once viewed as one of the most coveted up and coming young corners in the league 
going like this to then suddenly doing this and then kind of steadying out and then coming up just a little with a pretty solid year last year in Washington. Could that be him? Very well could be. Very well could be. But of all the players currently on the roster, most threatened by the arrival of Patrick Sertan II, it's Darby. I mean, his his money notwithstanding. So that's another camp battle that's going to be fun to see shape up. Yeah, and to your point, Chad, the Broncos are paying for an Akeem to leave. They better not get a Bradley Roby. <laughs> Most definitely. Um, all right, let me uh, let me scroll here real quick. Shout out to Big Earn. I see Big Earn in the chat. What's up, buddy? Every single night. Uh, John, I'm trying to let's let's grab Jason here, and then I'm going to check the back. Oops. Put Doug back on, then we'll get Jason. I miss Doug. Thanks, Doug. What's up, dude? Thank you for the super chat. He's got the appropriate trio of emojis to signify a certain catchphrase relative to one Drew Locke. Thank you, Doug. Appreciate you, bro. Good to see you, Doug. Let him hate, baby. Let him hate. All right, here's one from Jason Whittington on YouTube. Jason, thank you for being with us, my friend. Be sure to give the video a like before you dip on out. He says, I don't get the hate for Drew. Wouldn't Broncos country want him to succeed? That would be the best case scenario, in my opinion. Love you guys. Thanks, Jason. We love you too. You're, uh, <clears throat> you know, you're you're preaching to the priests, right? We're, we're, we preach our gospel. We're hearing it back from you in the congregation. We feel your, we feel you, dude. We it's it's hard for us to get a beat on the exact source of Drew Lock derangement syndrome, but it is a thing. Can I get an amen? Amen. All right. Um, Real quick, John, I'm checking here on the back end. I just want to make sure we're not missing anybody. We're sitting here at 55 minutes, so we got to get moseying on out here very, very soon. But I want to make sure we didn't skip anyone. We're good there. We're good there. Do you have, John, Tanner, and then Dale got a second one in there as well, and another one from George. looks like you got the one from George. Let's grab that one. And Randy, shout out to Randy for the stars. Love you, bro. Um, let's grab George real quick. Oh, Tanner first. What up, Tanner? Man, wow. very generous. Thank you, dude. Thank you, Tanner. I don't have much hair to blow back, but that blows my hair back, dude. I don't think I've ever seen Tanner be that generous in supporting no, MHH and the Huddle Up podcast. So, thank you, bro. Seriously, that's that's very meaningful to us. He says, just showing some love. Catch the pod after work. You guys are the best. Let him hate. State of being. You to man. Thank you, Tanner. Thank you so much, Tanner. We appreciate you. Let him hate. Tanner, send us an email, milehighhuddle at gmail.com. Send us your address and T-shirt size, and we'll send you a little a little thank you. You've been very, very consistent lately, so it's a small thing we can do to say thank you. Uh, George Newton, again, Zach, with another super chat. Thank you, bro. Thank you very much. Appreciate you. Thumbs up right back at you, my dog. Connect on Twitter. Thanks, George. And a little reminder, uh, hit those thumbs up if you haven't already. We appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, all right. Let me see here. Dale again. Thank you, Dale. Man, you the man. He says, are we able to watch previous Kelberman's Corner? Yes. So as a super supporter of Mile High Huddle on Facebook, all you got to do to watch the episodes on demand is you'll see the vertical menu when you're on our page. You'll see the vertical menu. Uh, click on videos. And you'll get to see it. As long as you're a supporter and a subscriber, which you are, it'll show up there for you to click and enjoy. Uh, For people who are not supporters that are following the page, when they click on videos, they'll see former live streams like this. They'll see some of our individual videos we upload. 
but not the ones that are for supporters only. So that's how you find it, buddy. And Dale, let me know what you think of the last episode if you happen to catch it. Most definitely. But guys, um, Nathan Brown says, uh, Patrick Sertan, hopefully the next champ, Bailey. That'd be cool, man. That would be cool. Time will tell. Um, What's up, Leroy? Good to see you, bro. He says on Facebook, my two favorite guys on the podcast. Mile high salute to you guys. Go Broncos. Diehard fan. Leroy, I'm not, I'm trying to remember where you are geographically, but this goes out to you. This goes out to everybody, including Corey H. I'm not sure where you're at, Corey, geographically either, but we want you all to join us week three. That's the Denver Broncos home opener, which will be against the New York football Jets. Uh, I guess you don't need to say football Jets because you're decipher, you're, 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 Berman used to say that to separate the, the baseball and football. Anyway, Corey H., we're going to be there. We want you there as well. We're going to have a big tent pregame out in the in the tailgate. We're going to do meet and greets. We're going to have some food. We're going to have some drinks. We're going to do a live podcast. We're going to be shooting videos, making content. We want to meet as many of you as possible. We want to try and make up for the lost time and all of our plans we had for the draft in Vegas in 2020 that went up in flames because of the pandemic. So, Corey, hopefully you show up for that. He says, uh, and thank you for the super chat, buddy. He says, we are not pulling against him as far as we're not against Drew. We are saying we've seen enough and don't believe this gets better, Zach. Okay. I mean, you're entitled to your opinion, Corey. We'll see how it shakes out. Where it here's, here's the problem, Corey. The thing to be aware of on that is everyone is entitled to their opinion, right? Like far be it from us to say, no, you should think this way. Where it, where it swerves badly into the weeds of derangement syndrome. And I'm not saying this is you for what it's worth, Corey, but – what to, to guard against, where it swerves into those weeds of the derangement syndrome is the constant, constant nitpicking and negativity and negative bold predictions and the Broncos are going to suck because of Drew. Like you might think to yourself, you know what, Zach, I don't think Drew's going to make it, but don't you kind of hope he does? It's your team, right? So that's where it really starts getting bizarre is, is fans who, like Corey H., no longer believe that Drew's the truth, and go from just saying, you know, we'll see how it shakes out. I hope I'm wrong to like actively continuing to find every possible means to throw him under the bus. There's also these skewed stats. There was one up there that's no longer, you know, flashing on the screen where Corey said he's had two seasons now and we've seen enough. No, he hasn't. It's just not true. One was an injury ruined year last year. I mean, he didn't play a full 16 games and he only, he went four and one in 2019. So it's not two full seasons. He hasn't had one full season where everything is normal. No injuries, no pandemic and the same offensive system for more than one year in a row. That would be this year. I, the, the skewed stats, that's where it becomes from critical to deranged. It becomes obsessive, Chad, and that's where I draw my line. All right, last one that we're going to get on out of here from BNS. What's up, bro? Thank you. He goes, uh, roses are red, violets are blue, Drew balls out, pie for you <laughs> to the media. Crow pie. Yeah. Love it. Man, I can't wait for that day to come because – I, uh, I'm with you on that. I think a lot of people are going to have to stock up on Sriracha to choke down that, that crow pot. Can't wait to sling them out, Chad. Can't wait. All right, guys. That was really fun. That hour went by fast, fast, fast. Just like they say, time flies when you're having fun. So thanks to each and every one of you for spending some time with us here tonight. My high salute to our super chat superstars and our super supporters on Facebook. 
Guys, again, smash the like button before you dip out of here. I'm going to be harping on you a little bit more about that uh, nowadays because it's just so important and integral and crucial to helping this podcast reach those fans out there that don't know it's, that we exist in this community and you guys. And so this is a uh, as much as it's a self-interested uh, plea to help, for you guys to help us. It's also the altruistic uh, ambition of a football priest. We want this to help other people who are could use a, some little, you know, we want to enrich their lives too, right? The community aspect of it. So like the video, guys. Other than that, Zach, we'll see what happens tomorrow as phase three kicks off. Teddy versus Locke, Locke versus Teddy, whatever. It's going to be a gas. We'll be back tomorrow night, of course, 6 Mountain, ten or 8 p.m. Eastern. But have a great start to your week, bro, and sign us on out of here. You as well. Uh, I'm looking forward to this week a lot, Chad. Like I said, it's still OTAs, but it's tangible practice. The Bridgewater lock battle gets underway. It's football is right around the corner, guys, and we're a week closer. So uh, be sure to follow up the Huddle Up Pod on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. Be sure to follow the mother account at Mile High Huddle. Follow Chad at Chad and Jensen. You can follow me at Kelberman NFL. You can follow John at John K MHH, our wonderful producer. I highly recommend you follow him. Uh, be sure, guys, before you get out of here to hit up the huddleuppod.com store. Get your swag on, get your hat, get your coffee mug, etc., etc. Also, if you can, facebook.com slash huddle. Hit that big blue button. Become a supporter. Exclusive content. Kelberman's Corner, Trickle Zone, more to come. We appreciate each and every one of you that subscribed so far. But if you can't do that, we get it. Totally cool. Three things we ask you before you hop out of here for this evening. Subscribe, like, and share if you haven't already. It's so crucial to our growth, and we appreciate each and every one of you so, so much. But that being said, Chad, uh, looking forward to this week coming up. We'll be back tomorrow night, 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Eastern. Take care, guys. And as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. 
Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.